Good morning, it's May 31st, 2012, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page this morning for Obama, a wary wait as Syria boils. New York plans ban on big sizes of sugary drinks, and Israeli weighs imposed borders for Palestinians. In today's national headlines, a new study finds that exercise may harm some people. The tomato, ripe, juicy, and bursting with genes. And judge defends sentence given in Rutgers' webcam case. In this morning's financial headlines, the Dow was down 160 points yesterday. Facebook's stumble leads to pause in IPOs. Bank woes push Spain closer to an EU bailout and on campuses new deals with financial institutions. There will be more business stories, more national and international news too, a roundup from the sports page, and the opinions of New York Times columnist Gail Collins. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is titled, For Obama, a wary wait as Syria boils. This is a news analysis written by Peter Baker. After ordering American forces to Libya last year, President Obama declared that he'd tackle the humanitarian crisis more decisively than his predecessors. When people were being brutalized in Bosnia in the 1990s, Obama told a national television audience it took the international community more than a year to intervene with air power to protect civilians. It took us 31 days. Yet, while the Syrian government of President Bashar al-Assad has brutalized its citizens for more than a year, Obama now shows no signs of intervening with force, an option his White House sees leading only to greater chaos, greater carnage, as Jay Carney, the press secretary, put it this week. If the president considered Libya a model of humanitarian intervention, Syria increasingly looks like Obama's Bosnia. The bloody crackdown in Syria has put Obama in a deeply uncomfortable position. With American troops only recently withdrawn from Iraq and still in Afghanistan, the president's loathe to engage in new military actions, especially one with few advocates. And yet, with each passing incident, the scale of the crisis grows. You may come to the point where you have Srebrenica syndrome, said Edward Diarian, a former ambassador to Syria, referring to the slaughter of 8,000 Bosnian Muslims that galvanized more aggressive international action in 1995. Once a humanitarian disaster looms so large, the international community becomes forced to act despite the national security considerations and the more level-headed thinking on the consequences of military action. The White House has made clear that, however horrific, the killings in Hola last week and another massacre discovered Wednesday do not rise to that level. Among the president's advisors, there is a recognition that the crackdown could eventually escalate to the point where it would compel a more aggressive response, but there's no consensus on what that threshold would be. One possible game-changing situation would be the spread of the conflict beyond Syria. For now, the range of options remains constrained. Every week or so, a cabinet or deputy cabinet-level meeting is convened on Syria. Each time the choices on the table are more or less the same. More diplomacy, more sanctions. The latest hope is that President Vladimir Putin of Russia, a longtime Syrian ally, will force Assad to step down. All the military contingencies that have been developed by the Pentagon involve a serious commitment of resources. Unlike in Libya, there is no defined rebel army holding territory that would be helped by airstrikes. 
Syria has a better-trained, better-equipped military, including Russian anti-aircraft defenses. And there's no United Nations or Arab League support for international force.